0: Folks, we are live in Washington, D.C. We made that trip down 95 South. You know how to be something very, very special. And the next guest you'll hear, they have done an amazing job, this amazing play that I was blown away. I couldn't even go to sleep at night after I watched the show. I was like, I had to replay this in my mind. <laughs> so, folks, if you ever heard of Sanctuary City, we're gonna talk a little bit I'm gonna talk to the stars of the show. We write back at these messages. Know who Picks After Dark is sponsored by Snug Books, an independent bookstore serving Northeast Baltimore and beyond. In addition to featuring new books for all ages, the store also carries cards, stationery, gifts, games, and more. Visit SnugBooks.com to shop online, learn more about the store, read our latest newsletter, and find a calendar of events, or come browse the store in person. Snug Books is located at 4717 Harford Road, next to Zeke's Coffee in Hamilton, Larville. There is free parking behind the store and opening hours are Tuesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pandora's Box is a mod, vibrant, woman-owned, lifestyle boutique located in historic Federal Hill neighborhood of Baltimore, Maryland. Pandora's box offers a unique selection of the latest trends, jewelry, gifts, home decor, and personal accessories. Their products are high quality, affordable price, and hand-picked with a sense of humor and authenticity, making them items that everyone can relate to. They are known for sourcing memorable and relevant keepsakes that allow customers to give from their hearts without the stress that comes with doing so. You can count on Pandora's Box to help you select and package the perfect gift. Visit Pandora's Box at 50 East Cross Street, Baltimore, Maryland 21230. Website: pandorasboxboutique.com. All social media handles at
1: Shop Pandora's Box Boutique. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you. There's something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, online ordering, carry out, and they also do wholesale. Visit Six Coffee at 4719 Hartford Road. Open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. And Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. Or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com. And you, too, can be fueled by Zeke's.
0: Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Today, we have a great show for you. I'm so excited for everybody to hear these amazing guests that are coming on the show. They blew me away. This show is amazing at Arena's DC. Stage it's, it's, it's DC is amazing, Sanctuary City. Now, I have the stars of the show, Miss Maria yes. and Arnon. How are you? Good, Good, thank
2: you. Thanks for having us. Yes, we're so excited.
0: Hey, this is, this is dope. You know, I'm about pinching myself right now because right. I'm the stars of the show. I wanted to get an autograph right after. I, like, no. <laughs> I was like, this is so cool. And I, I want to thank Arena's Stage DC to really have me come up to see it and giving me some time to hang out with you guys. Yeah. And that's what it's all about, just talking about the show. So let's talk about you guys for a little bit before we get into the show. Tell us a little bit about you guys. Where are you from? Are you from the east of West Coast? Get a little quick background.
3: Yeah, I'm from um, the West Coast. So I was born in Hayward, California, and that's in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I was born and raised there. I still live there. I went to undergrad there and grad school there. Um, yeah, and I really, really love the Bay, um, so I got my undergrad degree in theater and performance studies from uh, UC Berkeley. Um, and then I went, right after undergrad, I went to grad school for acting at the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco.
0: So yeah. you, didn't, you didn't leave the Bay, you stayed I there. didn't
3: leave the Bay, I love the Bay. West Coast is the best coast, Uh that's a a hot take. (laughs) That that is a hot take, that is a hot take, that's a hot take. I know, but (laughs) I really really love um, the Bay Area and this is, um, you know, uh, Sanctuary City here at Arena Stage is my debut at Arena and also the East Coast, and um, I, re- I really love it. It's the a, it's a cool, many. yeah, it's the first of my yeah, oh. hopefully, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've been really loving the area here and it's pretty cool, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, I'm Maria Victoria and I was born and raised in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I went to college there, did my undergrad, um, my BA in theater at the University of Puerto Rico, Rio Piedras. And I did my master's degree at the American Repertory Theater at Harvard University. So, yeah. And um, I lived in New York for a bit. I lived in L.A. for a bit. And now I'm back in Puerto Rico, where home is.
1: Yeah. Oh, nice. And so,
2: yeah, I did my West Coast premiere. <laughs> and we did the show the first time at Berkeley. And I've done a few shows in New York. And this is my D.C. Um, premiere as
0: well. Nice. So, growing up, did you... Were you guys, so you guys always want to be actors. Was that something that you were like, and who was the person that you modeled yourself off after like watching TV? You know, I, when I was growing up, I was like, oh, I want to be a sports journalism and be on ESPN. And then I realized that's a lot of work.
3: <laughs> so I did a
0: podcast thing. But for you guys, growing up, there's always somebody that's like, wow, this is where I really want to deal Like a family member or somebody you grew up watching.
3: Yeah, I mean, for me, I think, I really fell in love with perf- the, the performing arts at a young age. Um, I think during my time in middle school, um, my heritage is uh, Mexican, so like my parents came from Mexico. Um, so my mom, um, she signed me up for Ballet Folklorico, which is the traditional folkloric Mexican dancing, you know, with the big hats and the big colorful dresses. And I did not want to do it. <laughs> I really resented, um, you know, practicing and rehearsing, but I think my first performance in front of an audience, I really, really enjoyed it. And I thought, oh my gosh, I, I love this. I love performing in front of people and I love telling stories. Um, and I think, I don't know, I just had a I I just really loved movies. I always enjoyed movies. And when I was younger, like, I would um, you know, watch my favorite movie and uh, uh, pretend like I was one of the characters and I would uh, do exactly what they did. And that was like me playing by myself watching movies. Um, and I think I decided to become an actor in uh, senior year in high school because I always thought, I, I was always curious about acting. And so I said, well, I'm gonna try it out um and yeah I totally fell in love with it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Thank
3: yeah, you. I
2: feel like similar to me. I I have always known that I wanted to be a performer. Growing up my aunt um was a a professional ballerina for a really long time and and you know my parents exposed me to the theater from a very young age to like cinema and like musical theater, um, not musical theater, um, um, movie musicals. And from a very young age, I would just like, kind of like you and I just imitate what I would see on film, especially um, like Disney movies. I would imitate the characters, which is also how I like, I learned how to speak English was like imitating all these characters Mm -hmm. and like imitating their pitches and Mm -hmm. whatever. And I loved movie musicals and I loved Rita Moreno and I loved, and I watched. I loved watching Annie, and I really wanted to play Miss Hannigan. Like I didn't want to be Annie. I wanted to be <laughs> Miss Hannigan. And like in the Disney movies, it was either like Mrs. Jasmine or Ursula or Scar or Hades. Like I loved the big. Characters uh. Th- That's so interesting
3: that you say that because I remember my favorite characters were the villains too. Yeah. And I think it's because they're the most complex. I think. Yeah,
2: and they're the funnest too. And
3: they're the funnest. Yeah. They're the most that's fun, so and like
2: that. their songs were all always the best. They had the best jokes. Yeah. And I always wanted to be a goof. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's funny you guys said because I'm thinking back. About the villain just of every movie.
2: Uh-huh.
0: They're the best character in the whole movie always they're yeah, always, always the best character And I always bring it back to a recent movie um, With Bane in it with Batman mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I just love that character. Yeah, and it's like so powerful And like I I, I could just watch that person like mm-hmm. even growing up watching old Batman Jack Nicholson Yeah, mm-hmm. and just yeah. seeing that that was always mesmerizing I me. Mean, I, I look at when you guys what you guys do it's amazing yeah. memorizing lines being on cue, being on time, making sure we read off each other's body language. That's amazing to me. So like the young kids say, we gotta give the flowers to you guys because the flowers, when you're here, getting the props, you know, so. Yeah, thank so you. growing up, I always ask every every person this, what was your favorite childhood memory growing up? Like, what was that memory that you're like, wow, like that was a good time. Like for me, it was hanging out with my friends, riding BMX's like bicycles and riding all around the city, I'm like, what am I doing, like, riding four or five miles away? My parents are like, as long as you get back for you know, the, the, so the sun goes down, or that not. street light better not come on, uh-huh. but be home. What about you guys? Hmm.
2: Well, for me, it's definitely hanging out with my cousins and my friends and just with my family in general. Like, I remember for, like, uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas or even, like, during the summer, if we were all together, I would obligate my cousins to, like, put on a little, a little show or like, I don't know. Yeah, just spending time with my friends and, and my family is something that just, maybe it, it might be like one whole memory smushed together, but it's just the people is what I think about when I mm. think about like childhood memories.
3: Mm. I think for me is um, uh, the a family tradition that we have is uh, uh, Halloween, a Halloween party. And that started when I was really, really young and they would, my auntie would host her house and we would go and have like pumpkin, we would carve pumpkins, we would have like costume um, what's it called, competitions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I really looked forward to that. And um, obviously because of you know the pandemic, we couldn't do it for what, two, two and a half years or so, two years. Um, and I missed it again this year because because <laughs> I'm here, so I was kind of bummed that, that I got to miss it. But that's something that's a really uh, core memory that I have that yeah. I cherish. Yeah,
2: holidays are always. I feel like Christmas time is like. Yeah. I get so excited about it because I just think about all the wonderful memories I have mm-hmm. during
0: that time. Yeah. Thank you guys for sharing. Like uh, like I said, always like to get established, get a little beside you behind the scenes. Yeah. pair a little around the curtain like, all right, we see you on stage, but who are these people that are amazing actors? Mm. So. When we come back, folks, we're gonna talk about when they realize, you know what, we can do this. We're gonna talk about the show and how I'm still I have so many questions to ask <laughs> them. I, there's so many things that you gotta come check this out. I don't I love driving from Baltimore to check it out because it's legit one of the best shows I've seen all year. And you know, so when we get back, we'll get we'll dissect it a little bit and break it down and so you give you a little sneak peek behind the curtain of Sanctuary City be right back this match.
1: OPENWORKS is Baltimore's largest maker space, offering access to tools ranging from 3D printers to welder and training in how to use them. OPENWORKS also offers affordable studio space, a coffee shop, and fun-free events throughout the year. But OPENWORKS is more than a public workshop. It's a community of creative professionals, students, seniors, entrepreneurs, and makers of all kinds. Check out the website at www.openworksbmore.org or Instagram at open underscore underscore for class schedules, membership options, and more.
0: When you give
1: to United Way, your gift could be the first spark of something bigger. It can help provide nutritious food for a family in need because
2: eating healthy shouldn't be a luxury. It can help someone with housing
0: challenges and be a catalyst for a new beginning because a safe space to call home is the foundation for building a better future. Give today, spark something bigger. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Carver Communications, where we turn water into wine. What do successful companies like Nike and Microsoft have in common? They all have full service public relations departments that fuel every aspect of their business. Bill Gates has repeatedly said, if I had one last dollar, I would spend it on PR. Smart business owners and executives understand that to grow their businesses and their brands, they need PR. That's where Carver PR comes in. Carver PR is one of the most premier PR agencies located in Washington, D.C. They handle media relations, marketing, branding, corporate strategy, and crisis. With 25 years in the communication field, they are well-versed in every area of business you can imagine. Political, entertainment, corporate, and nonprofit communications. Go to their website and check them out, therealcarver.com. Or reach out to them
1: now at gmail.com. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly partnered with Maggie's Farm. Located at 4341 Hartford Road, Maggie's Farm offers a unique dining experience with delicious handcrafted cocktails and mouth-watering cuisine from falafels to scallops and everyone's favorites, honey, sriracha, cauliflower wings. Open for dinner from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m., Tuesday through Saturday, and for brunch, Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. With delectable chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, biscuits and gravy, and more. Check out Maggie's Farm on Instagram and Facebook for daily and weekly food specials.
0: Right. Folks, we are back at No and Dark Podcast on location at Arena Stage, Washington, D.C., and again, thank you guys for having me here today. It's been an incredible experience. I'm with the stars, of sanctuary city. Hernan, how you doing, sir? Good. Miss Maria, good how you I doing, good. man? Good. Yeah. All right. We were vibing earlier, talking about you guys' background, but let's get into the nitty-gritty. Let's get into the meat the bo- meet- on the subject. Let's talk about your yeah, first big break. How did you <laughs> feel? Like how? Did, like right now, I mean, like when you like when did it? How, like when did it happen? And how did you feel? And who did you call first?
3: You go, Me, go okay. well, you go for I, it you go for
2: it well i i this i feel like this is my big break, okay. my big break that's it's so hard to define that right but like i i remember i had just gotten back from dinner i was in new york and i i was i had just had dinner with my aunt and my uncle my aunt who i mentioned had been a performer her whole life and my uncle her husband um was had been in the theater industry as well and i had to just told them like oh i like i got a call back for the show and like i feel really good about it um, but you know now it's just like the waiting game and so i get home and i remember i was i was facetiming with my partner at the time and then i got the email and like we were talking i don't know we were like joking around about something and all of a sudden i just went like quiet and they were like what what's happening like are you okay and i was like i got it like i i i got it <laughs> you know and and yeah, and then immediately, I was like, I'll call you back, and I had to like call my mom, and she was asleep, because it was like, I think 10 or 11 at night, and, and I just texted her and my aunt, and everyone was like freaking out, because it really felt, when I got that, that email saying that I, I was cast, it felt like all the seeds that I'd been planting since I graduated from, from my master's was like, the fruits of my labor were really coming to Mm. fruition Mm. and that was very reaffirming for me and it was like you know you know that you're on the right path you trust your gut and like you go at it and you keep auditioning no after no after no but you just keep going because you know that's the nature of the business and then to finally get like a yes and a yes like this was like (laughs) and then you know we sort of talked about how much like once you get that email like oh you got it then it's like oh okay no so now I have to do it here Mm -hmm. we go okay Mm -hmm. let's let's do it you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that was my experience with
3: it yeah yeah i i think similar to you maria victoria um yeah i i wouldn't say big my big break because i feel like as a um you know in this industry as an actor it's a it's a journey with Mm -hmm. like these gigs you know like sometimes um you, you know you get you get a gig and then you you don't know when your next gig is gonna come. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, but f- I think this was like my biggest, proudest gig ever. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, you know, I got this job right after graduating from from grad school. So I really hit the ground running, um, and. Uh, I. What was your questionnaire? I never oh, got. Just,
0: just like your first big break when you. What was your first call you made? Oh yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. just so... the feeling that you know, because it's, 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 it's some. I, I guess it'd be equivalent of winning a championship or something. Yeah. Or a, coming in first place, like mm. that. That euphoria, something you could never get that feeling ever. You, you'll get it again, but yeah, just knowing.
3: Yeah, I think it's getting cast in this great, this great uh, production and uh, being cast in this amazing, beautiful play that Martina. Mayok uh, wrote and that David Mendesawal, uh directed mm-hmm. um, yeah so when I got the news it's funny because um, the casting director emailed me saying like oh the you know the uh, the creative team really uh, loved you for for B um, do you mind being a reader uh, for the G auditions and the readers basically um, in auditions or callbacks mm-hmm. uh, uh, there's a reader that Basically reads the scene with the actor that's auditioning, and I think they wanted to see how I don't kind of know, like, like the chemistry, chemistry read, I guess. Yeah. yeah, and so I was like, oh, okay, great, I <laughs> I got it. Um, and you know, I told my partner, I uh, I texted them that I got it, and but I think the like the most, uh, I don't know. Uh, greatest feeling is telling my parents that I got a job, you know, and when I told my parents that, uh, that, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I, I was going to act at Berkeley Rep, one of the, you know, rep one of the greatest reputable uh, 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 regional, regional theater, theaters yeah. here in this country, and that I was going to come to Washington DC and do this play, like they were so proud of me, like my mom cried and everything. Mm. So I think it's just like, you know a (laughs) parent's you know um pride in you know having their their child succeed and also just like that they're okay that they have a job that you know so yeah i think that's one of the greatest moments for me was to tell like my parents that you know i got this that i got this opportunity no
2: and i got from your mom like she's very similar to mine whereas like my mom's my biggest fan. Mm-hmm. So she's, she was just like, when I told her, she was like, finally, but not a finally like, like, oh, you finally <laughs> got an acting job or whatever. It was like, a, like finally they're seeing what I'm seeing, mm. which was really mm. sweet too. Uh, yeah. And I think that's where that emotion also comes from. Like our parents recognize that they've raised two great kids and, and that they're just like doing their best to, to succeed in this career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And success is so you know, different for everybody, yeah. it looks different for every actor, mm-hmm. and, and we shouldn't you know, box ourselves into what that looks like yeah. and really yeah. be open to any opportunity that comes our way. Yeah,
0: yeah. So when, I hear, when you hear the word sanctuary city,
2: mm-hmm.
0: what's the first <laughs> thoughts that come to your mind? Oh boy.
3: <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think it's so complex, I mean, the first century city was Berkeley in, I think in the early seventies. Um, and to me, that means that, um, that a community recognizes that they have another community within their community that are undocumented, um, that are willing to uh, share resources with, that, with that a specific community, um, and I think it all—I think it's a—it's a statement uh, more than like yeah. a policy.
2: Yeah, I think for me, it's—it's it's complicated. I, I get a mixture of feelings because I think about—I would do it. The—the the hypocrisy of of the country being like you know the Statue of Liberty. Receiving everybody who needs refuge, and then you know, the, the anti immigrant sentiment that there is in this country. And so, I, when I hear the word sanctuary city, I get a little like thorn feeling in, in, in my body because it's like, is it really? Are you really? You know, what does sanctuary really mean to you? Is it, is it checking a box? To be like, look at look at me, look at the good thing that I can do, or are you really offering refuge to people that need it? So, yeah, it it brings up a mix of emotions. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I didn't I didn't really know what I was looking for when I came in. I had something in my mind. So when I was like, all right, this is my mind, this is what's going to happen, it was totally different. Yeah. And when you guys started, you know, getting into play, understanding what it was all about did it change your perspective a little bit about things do you see things a little bit differently after or how did you feel going through this play every every week and rehearsing up to it
3: i i felt um i felt guarded Mm. um uh just because you know my personal history and my background both of my parents you know came from mexico at a young age uh both came here undocumented Um, my dad came to this country alone, um, when he was 19 years old, left everything. And my mom came here to this country with my grandpa because he was, you know, he had a working permit, but they both, you know, um, my mom and my mom overstayed her visa here. So I was very guarded. Um, Mm. and I tried to protect my peace whenever we, you know, when we talked about the, these like, really difficult subject matters that's affecting people even today and that we have seen in the last, you know, few months and, you know, during the last administration for sure. Um, So, yeah, I came to to this project guarded, but um, also um, ready to, like, jump in and bring my authenticity and heart to it. Um, and I, I, think that's what made me really excited. Yeah. Yeah. What about you?
2: I, I feel like it really made me like, a it reaffirmed my values and how I feel about immigration and, and, and it also, you know, it brought up a lot of complicated feelings cause, um, so I'm like, I've mentioned, I'm Puerto Rican and, and. Um, Puerto Rico is a colony of the United States. So even though we are treated as second class citizens, we have a passport, right? We have US citizenship. And so, like, what does that mean for me? And like, what does that represent for me? And and kind of battling that, like, you know, I I, I want sovereignty and independence for my country, and also realizing and understanding and knowing how like a US passport is so valuable to so many people. And, and what it can do for you and, and the safety it can give you. And so, it, 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 it brought a lot of turmoil within me, but, but ultimately, you know, I can, like how we say in Puerto Rico, separar la dinga de la mandinga. Like I, I can recognize that politically and socially, this country represents something for my country, but then it can also be a, a, a safe haven, a sanctuary for for many, many other people.
0: Mm-hmm. No, because I remember during the show, you really don't know where the actors are from. They mm-hmm. don't talk about that.
2: Which I think is wonderful. I'm sorry to interrupt, no, gonna... but like in the script, Martina specifically does not give a nationality to any of these characters. Whoever is casting the show is open to casting in whatever way. So I I think that's a beautiful beautiful thing about this show.
0: No, I thought it was mm-hmm. brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just seeing, like, because you kind of want to know, like, where are, they, where are they from? like, And then even when we talk a little bit off the camera about, uh, not to give too much about the story, yeah, about the show, alerts. but, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, going to the airport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you live in you know you in you're you're living situation, mm-hmm. and your friendship mm-hmm. throughout the whole play was just a dynamic that it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was difficult, I would say, mm-hmm. a little challenging. How mm-hmm. expand a little bit about the relationship you, between you two and this show, like the di- you know the dynamics? The
2: characters are the us? characters, characters, yeah, characters, yeah, the yeah. characters, <laughs> yeah, the
0: characters, yeah, the characters. Explain well, a little bit of the di- the dynamics. Well, I mean, the
3: the character that I play, B, uh, he was brought uh, to this country with, uh, you know, uh, his single mom, right. um, and um, you know, he's not, he doesn't have a lot of friends. I mean, the only friend that he does have is Maria Victoria's character, which is G, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. um, you know, they're the. I, I don't I don't know if. I don't know if uh, we discussed if G has friends, but like they're the only two people that they know that they can lean on. Right. Um, and uh, that they can totally, tr- they totally trust each other. They have no one else. Um, so that that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of, I think, uh, um, responsibility as a friend I feel like and a burden too because if you're if if you only have one person to lean on that's a lot of leaning Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) and that's a that's a that's a lot of uh, of emotional uh weight to support somebody else you know and I'm pretty sure we all know how that feels like um and so that's a dynamic of the relationship so there's like Bursts of, uh, of um, while there's like emotional support and there's love there um, of friendship, mm-hmm. there's also bursts of impatience mm-hmm. and there's bursts of selflessness <coughs> mm-hmm. and and moments of selfishness, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so there, it, it's that whole that's that's what's living, I feel like, mm-hmm. between these two characters in the play.
2: Yeah, and you know, G has the same background as B in that like she also came in to, to the States at a very, very young age with her single mom. But the the the, the picture changes for her because her mom starts dating and and gets entangled with a very violent man. And um, and so I I think G is very similar in that she doesn't she doesn't trust anyone else. Mm you know um and so the only person that she really trusts is b and i i think maybe she might talk to other people in class but like i in terms of a friend yeah b is the only one and i think what's so beautiful about this play and about the way how you know like how martina writes is these are very complex layered characters and and as they are complex as individuals, their relationship is just as complex, and and they have moments where they're like brother and sister were, which is where the irritation might come out. Um, they are also like best friends, you know, and they are platonic uh, lovers as well, you know, like they love each other so much that all of, all of the dynamics that that spur out of their relationship and 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 are born out of it and, and, and that we see is, is really a result of, of their inner turmoil as well and how it comes together in their mm-hmm. friendship.
0: Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, uh, you, you definitely broke it down on that. Yeah, uh, you right, see it.
2: Yeah, when, when you love someone,
0: whether
3: anything.
2: it's a romantic partner or a friend or a brother or a sister, their problems become your problems because right. you mm-hmm. care
3: and these are teenagers yeah right you know so it's like they also don't know how to really articulate yeah there's
2: no emotional maturity there's no
3: emotional maturity and there's also just like uh, uh, they still I I feel like oh um these two characters also don't know how to have a hard time articulating their Mm -hmm. boundaries Mm -hmm. too you know, there is, isn't. yeah, what you said, there is isn't yeah. that, emotion, uh, that emotional maturity there. So that's what also makes the, uh, the dynamic uh, between these two characters yeah. so interesting and so complicated. And
2: even though they're together all the time, there is a lack of communication that brings them to where they get to in the play. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like there are things that they each assume know about each other but never speak it. Right. And so if you never really speak about something, you you can't expect the other person to make yeah. your mind, no matter how close mm-hmm. you may be. Mm-hmm.
0: Y'all about to have me go back and get, buy a ticket at night and come back at mm-hmm. night. Y'all about to have me come I have back. i see and, it a second time, <laughs> about to, yeah. I, now, I'm about to, now I'm like, all right, hold on. The out, details, let me, The right? details, it's always the details. Yeah. Switching it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You guys both performed and at the Berkeley. Yeah. Now, what was the process of transferring that production to Arena Stage DC? What was it? was there a big process behind it?
3: Um, not so much. I mean, uh, at the um, <clears throat> um, at the uh stage that that we're performing on, I'm blanking on the name. Do you remember the name of the stage? Peets? No, no, no. Here. K-
2: Krieger, Kieger,
3: Krieger, Krieger? Krieger, Yeah, at the Krieger stage. Um, <laughs> it's it's smaller than the Pete's Theater at the Berkeley Repertory okay. Theater. Um and the it's- The stage. The stage, the stage. And it's not as in depth as it is compared to uh, Pete's. So, and there aren't also voms at Berkeley Rep, there were voms. Pete's mm. is, the, is the
2: theater we performed at, at Berkeley Reb.
3: Right. And so there was a lot of, at Berkeley, um, we would be on angles a lot, um, how we blocked it or how we choreographed it. And here, there was, um, we just had a judge a little bit. Yeah, you know, what this, they
2: call flattening it out.
3: Uh, flattening mm-hmm. out because, yeah. we're, uh, sorry, here at Arena Stage, at the Krieger, it's more like a proscenium stage. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, yeah, it's pretty, you have to flat out a lot if you're doing like a proscenium. Mm-hmm. Whereas in uh, Berkeley, it's more of like a thrust, and when there's voms, it's almost kind of like in the round almost, not completely, but yeah. almost. Um, But um, I think also just like, you know, having the time between, you know, these two productions, what, two months? Not even, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was like, I mean, for me, I had to process it too. You know, Mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't really have time to process during performances because we we performed eight times a week. Mm
2: (laughs) <laughs> so it's
3: kind of like <laughs> like
2: here yeah, yeah like here
3: <laughs> like here. So like I you know I I felt like I didn't have the time to process it mm-hmm. until after we closed at Berkeley, where it's like, yeah, it, I just processed everything because for me at least you know we worked what two and a half weeks, almost three mm-hmm. at Berkeley before showing it, uh, showing it to an audience. And then you know you do we do we did our homework we asked all these questions and it's like okay go, go yeah you know and 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 still ask those questions while we're performing right, um, but yeah I didn't have the time to really sit down and really like think about the the really yeah think about the the relationships that these characters have, and you know. I think the biggest gift an actor can receive is going back to a play uh, and play the character that they played um, a second time. Because, uh, I mean, for me, I've been told that, you know... uh, uh, you know the, the if you're playing a character in a play or a t te- uh, yeah in a play, you never know that's that might be the last time you'll play that yeah. character. So really, it's a I, I see this um, performing here at Arena um, as a gift is going back to uh, to what to where we left off. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, and you know it 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 changed and it didn't. Um, a lot of it is what I'm called the same, but I feel like a flattening flat flattening it out and also just coming back to it and keep doing it has ha, keeps making it more and more profound and and it you know like Anand said it's such a gift to be able to come back and, and do it again and and keep doing it really and and you know when you have castmates like Anand it's just even better Aww. to do it. I love it. We, it's, it's it, we've been so blessed because we have such a great relationship outside the show and chemistry and, and we really are very good friends outside of it and I think that makes the show even better, I think. Because, uh, yeah. you know, we, we trust each other so much that we can throw anything at the other one and, and trust that, that it's going to be received and responded and reciprocated yeah. at the same. Yeah, yeah level. Yeah,
3: the work is always easier when yeah. you when you're when you get along with your yeah. you know we, with your fellow actors. When you get
2: along with your actors, and when they're like really f- friggin' good at what they do. Yeah, know. that
3: too. Yeah, it's, it, it it's, makes the it work great. so it makes the work so much easier.
0: And yeah. the chemistry was amazing. Just so yeah. from from watching, it was just again the chemistry was amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one of the big things of the show is sacrificing for a friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when G gets citizenship, she offers. Be help get to get his get by, get his by marrying him, even though they were dangerous involved. Mm-hmm. This does this resonate to you for you? And would you consider making that kind of sacrifice for a loved one? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions in there.
2: I mean, yeah, you know, you I can I can tell you one thing now and then be put in the situation and maybe react differently. But I I think so. I think one of the things that I have in common with G is is my passion or or how i the way i love is is so fierce and so when you are when i consider you to be one of my people's i will i will go to the ends of the earth for you obviously maria does it when it's reciprocal <laughs> right like mm-hmm. i i i if if i'm not receiving back the same love that i'm giving you then that might be a different story but if it's someone you know like Ernan or like one of my best friends from home, and and they were in a predicament <clears throat> like that. Absolutely. Obviously, I would prepare myself. I would get the correct lawyers. You know, if we're talking about right. this specific situation, correct. you know, I would I would make sure that everything was done correctly. But but yeah, I mean, mm. I feel like we are not we are we come into this world alone but we are meant to be in community Mm. and so like what does it mean to be in community Mm. with someone it Mm. means you know like we sacrifice Mm. for each other and so that's that's what i
3: yeah yeah that that really struck that question really struck Mm me um because uh oh my gosh i'm i don't want to get emotional but like i was this might sound weird probably because it's like a half-baked thought but like I was raised on sacrifices. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, Sacrifice is a love language Mm -hmm. between me and my parents um, because they sacrificed everything that they had to get to come here. And the opportunities that I have is because of their sacrifices. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that, that really struck me because like, it, it, and I think that's why my mom cried, um, because, uh, that, the, those sacrifices that they made, I'm so sorry, um, um, were in vain. And, you know, this show is about people who make sacrifices and, um, and they're willing to make those sacrifices without knowing that um, uh, they're gonna get the the outcome that they that they want, you know. And um, people need to realize that there are other people coming into the southern border, and they're sacrificing their lives, and a lot of them don't make it. And um, I just want to say that their sacrifices, that their efforts to come here aren't in vain. I just don't want to say that to your listeners, to your viewers. I'm so sorry. I'm like a mess right now. But like, yeah, because I think that's the heart of this play. And I think Martina, she captured that so beautifully and so well done. And uh, I think she wrote this play, uh, uh, with 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 a lot of love that mm-hmm. I appreciate mm-hmm. uh, you know I mean and Martina's an immigrant, an immigrant herself, herself. Yeah. so she gets yeah. it and I'm I'm just thankful I'm just so thankful that this play exists that we get to, do this play, tell mm-hmm. this story eight times a week in front of um, a whole bunch of uh, different audiences mm-hmm. every every evening, every matinee show, so mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah, and you know I think what's so beautiful <clears throat> about our story, even though yes, like Hernan and I are both Latino it's, you know it, this is not a Latino story, I think what you're talking about that sacrifice is universal in all, all of all immigration stories and and, and 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 in different cultures. And I think, you know, when you leave everything you have in a country and, and then move to another, like my, my mom did as well. well she, she was born in Cuba and, and then immigrated to Puerto Rico. Well, There's this sense of, of like, we need to stick together and whatever I do is going to be for you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that's really powerful and mm-hmm. really moving. And I understand why you know, you were so moved now because you see, and, and we see our parents and all the hard work that they've gone through and how tired they are, but how worth it, you know, it has been when they look at us. Yeah. And all the sacrifices yeah. they've done, they see us and it's like, woof. Yeah.
3: That was Yeah. worth it. Yeah. It's heavy. Yeah. Sacrifice is a love language. It is. But... There has to be a balance of exactly. of setting boundaries. Yeah. Which is I want yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, to say, I want to say to viewers and yeah. listeners. Don't just sacrifice everything. But just
2: because. No, because yeah, I look cause, at my family, yeah. and I'm like, there's a huge, like, boundary issue here. <laughs> and yeah. which is why I said earlier in my answer, like, Maria, mm-hmm. María Victoria, Lagaría Martina Fernández Rodríguez Pabush is not going to, like, <laughs> do all that sacrifice for someone who is not willing right. to do the right. same for Right. Her,
3: yeah. You know? Yeah. So,
2: no, 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 no. We put boundaries. But, mm-hmm. yes, yes, sacrifice is a love language when it is within a healthy
0: relationship. Yes. <laughs> Thank you both for sharing that. Yeah. Really, thank you so yeah. much. So this show takes place in the early 2000s, all right? Yeah. So I will, so it was some cool things. I was kind of like, all right, I remember this fashion. I'm like, ooh, fashion 2000s is rough. Mm-hmm. So let's take, take us through, like, it was different. So, like, and then, so talk us through, like, you know, the the cultural, like, part of, like, the clothes and, like, the music. And I was like, I remember that song. Like, I remember, like, that's when we had a CDs. Like Yeah. Like, so, like, take us through, like, when you guys had to, you had the jeans, you had the baggy jeans, with the Thames mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. I was like, okay, you know, you had the shoes on, the, the Doc Martens, maybe. No, or, I, I, I have...
2: I d- Documentation's on now, but um, <laughs> um, no, I have these um, platform sneakers from yeah, the guests.
0: Yes, they're a big, the in high, in yes. The show,
2: yeah. Well, you know, our costume designer, David, was <clears throat> so generous to invite us into the, the, the process of choosing our characters' pieces, and yeah. I think, as an actor in the creative part, that's my favorite part <laughs> of of creating a character is like getting to choose what they're gonna wear and what they're gonna look like, and like mm-hmm. that I feel dictates so much of like their movement. Yeah. And and I remember going into the costume shop and they had all these options, and I saw these like the cargo pants, yep. and I saw the velour jacket, and we were like, <laughs> "This is it, this is it," and even like those spaghetti strap shirts, like. That's all I can remember from like the early 2000s and like the sneaker. We were between um, some Nike Force airs and, and 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 some converse and then we we broke out the the platform sneaker and it was like no no no, no, no. This mm. is what we're using. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. in terms of the clothes and yeah. stuff for her. And then David the director was like, "I really need you to wear butterfly clips in your hair." I was like, "Absolutely." <laughs> <I love>
3: Absolutely. <laughs> and, I the hoops. and the big the hoops.
2: hoops. Well, and the hoops. I wear big hoops. That's
3: bad. All yeah, time, but, the, all day, but I
2: mean, but, yeah, but it, it is, adds character it to like everything it does. that you're wearing. It it does. It's like as I'm wearing big, big
3: hoops, hoops right now, now but, but yes, it's different. <laughs> it is. It is different. Yeah.
2: Maybe maybe you know what? I'm not gonna get into that conversation. Continue. <laughs> I was gonna talk about hoops and latinas and some
0: cultural
2: appropriation. Uh, gonna... Okay, continue. Um, continue.
0: Okay. Uh, maybe another day. <laughs> and, with the, and with the music, the music selection. Yeah, was amazing. yeah, yeah. We I thought it was
2: time. Yeah. How do you go about Like, did
0: you guys just sit around listening to music all yes. day? Like. Like when? Did you like just Google two thousand era two thousand one two thousand two two thousand three? Like the music? Or? I
3: mean, I, I, I mean v? the creative the creative mm-hmm. team did, but I, I felt like
2: I feel like we did. It was such a room. great collaboration.
3: Mm-hmm. I don't think I gave that much just because. Yeah, I don't know. I'm an old soul kind of yeah. old school kind of guy. What, so and we
2: were younger. And I
3: was and I was young. I mean, I was four in two thousand and one. So, like, mm-hmm. I I have very little memories of the early 2000s, so yeah, I didn't seven. really listen mm-hmm. to, like, the Backstreet Boys and, no, like, end scenes <laughs> and stuff like that. I didn't really... Yeah, it's funny. I, I felt kind of, like, I don't know, the odd, that odd one out when, when you know, they were um, uh, uh, yeah. uh, looking for songs. We would spend but,
2: time in rehearsal yeah. sometimes, like, okay, what do you think about this song or whatever? Because a lot of the team... Was young or, or were, were B and G's age gotcha. during, during that time, and so like that was really fun to sit down and be like, "Ooh, this song! Oh no, ooh, this song!" And like we made some changes for for the for the arena production, like maybe a song or two changed, um, but it's all like you listen to them and you're definitely like transported.
0: Yeah. To an era. Yeah. If, so, I, so I'm saying my age now. Mm. <laughs> I was 10 years old. No, no, So t- sorry, 20. I was 20, I apologize. I was 20, I was in college. Mm-hmm. So that was my, like, prime life. Like, that, that a soundtrack, I was like, oh, yeah. I, I remember yeah. that yeah. So yeah. It's, it, it took me back, and I was like, yeah, music was different during that era. It was definitely different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we've talked several different things, and I, I want you, you guys to tell me, what do you want people to walk away with when they hear this interview, and then when they get, after they watch this interview, they're gonna be like, "Hey, we're gonna see this show tomorrow." Yeah. What do you want them to walk away So when they're like, "I want to hear about Sanctuary City," what do you want them to walk away from you guys talking today?
2: Mm. I would say I want I want to get people excited to come see the show. Um, I want I want people to to come in curious and open, and to expect the unexpected, and just come with an open heart, and 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 come excited to participate like I love an audience that I can hear their journey as we're going through it and and just just come excited to experience live theater and and to laugh with us and cry with us and get mad with us and get sad with us again and 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 just then leave the theater asking yourselves all the questions and and hopefully you know change your mind a little bit and open your mind as to what an immigrant looks like because we ain't got one face. We got many, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. any any Anyone who's sitting next to you might might be in the situation that B and G find themselves in. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, ditto. <laughs> ditto, yeah. Eso. Eso, eso, eso. <laughs> eso, eso. <laughs> um, But, um, yeah, I think... I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think I have to. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I don't think there's any need to add anything. I think you really nailed it in the head, Maria Victoria, where it's like, yeah, come with an open heart, come being curious, and um, it's this play is definitely a roller coaster of a ride in all the good in all the good ways, you yeah. know. Um, so yeah, come out and see this really amazing, beautiful, touching
0: story. Mm-hmm. Again. Thank you guys for your time today. Thank
2: you for having and us. And this
0: has been an amazing experience. You know, I'm sitting here like, wow. Just t- you're going to come it. see the show again. I am. I'm coming back now. That's well, a done deal. I'm coming back. I'm sit in the front row. But yeah! W-
1: yes! <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yes. You're gonna you are going to be
0: like, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, I knew who that is. But, uh, <laughs> but I just wanted to say thank you for your time. And I know you guys are busy doing the shows. Eight shows. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot going on. But you guys have nailed it, and I want people to come out and check out Sanctuary City at Arena Stage, D.C. Easy ride for, if you come from Baltimore. If you come from anywhere, it's easy ride, easy mm-hmm. to get here. Um, I always ask my guests a speed round questions, and then, and then that now 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 be it. I'm gonna hold you up too long. Great. All right, um, chicken wings. Do you, you guys eat meat? Yes. Yes. All right. This is always a fight in the family. Uh, do you eat drums or flats?
2: Flats. Flats.
0: Okay, okay. That was, was strong. That was strong. Flash. I'm a flash person too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Blue cheese or ranch. 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 Oh, that was a little
2: I I I'm not I like chicken wings, but I I'm not a huge dipper.
3: Oh, I am. Alright. I love the dip. I love dipping. I dip.
0: Favorite Super Bowl halftime show. I. Oh my gosh.
3: Uh, 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 Prince.
0: Purple
3: okay, Rain. Okay, no, no worries, no Beyonce. Okay, okay. Beyonce.
2: There
0: you
3: go.
0: Purple Rain was my favorite because it rained, he rained. It rained. Yes! So, so,
3: oh, that, it's so cool. Who
0: else? Favorite musical play that you've seen in the last five years? Ooh, ooh.
2: Um,
3: oh. Musical
0: play? Music or play. Music or play, either, play, or play, either one. Oh my gosh. Uh, if you could go back right now and go check it out, where would you go? Oh, come! Like oh, blanking.
2: Um, favorite play: How to Kill Seven Oversight Management and Fiscal Control Board Members at Soho Reb. Okay. And I worked on that show. <laughs> and um, musical that I've seen. You too, uh, the, first
3: thing, the first thing that pops up is uh, Hades Town. I saw it in mm-hmm. um, in May. Um, and I saw it, I decided to watch it because, um, that's when Andre DeShield said that he was leaving. I'm like, I gotta go see it now. So I, yeah.
2: I oh, the last, uh, the first one that came to mind that I went to see live on, at least on Broadway was, um, Cabaret with Alan Cummings.
0: Okay. Nice.
2: His second time around doing it. Mm. That was, that was amazing. Yeah.
0: Nice. I, I'm a rent guy, so i Rent. Yeah, so, um, Tay Diggs went Lies. to Syracuse where I went to college. Oh wow. So he came back one time, he was singing it like at a bar, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. I, mean, okay. Like, I can
2: see that. Yeah, can see oh, he's
0: oh he's he's. That must have
2: been amazing. Oh he's
0: interesting. We'll talk off yeah. camera about him. But yeah, uh, he's interesting. Amazing. He's an interesting guy. But uh, you know, what's the best advice you two have ever received? we'll wrap it up with that. Mm. Mm.
3: Let it go.
2: Yeah. Agreed. Let it go. Let
3: it go. Receive it and let it go in terms mm-hmm. of like direction, critique. Yeah,
2: and don't take it personal. And don't
3: take it personal. Never
2: take anything personal. No. It has nothing to do with you.
0: It's a reflection of themselves. Mm-hmm. Ms. Maria, Mr. Anan, thank you guys. Sanctuary City, come check it out. I'm through! What days is it playing? Is it every day? you got time for us?
3: Uh, Tuesday through Sunday. Um, Usually between 7:30 to or eight o'clock, or eight o'clock, or matinee shows on the on the weekends at 2:30. Got you. Two o'clock. Two o'clock. Yes, yes o'clock. thank you. And it runs through November 27th.
2: Yes, come through.
1: All right. Love, peace, route. Baltimore Fiscal Partners is a boutique CPA firm specializing in accounting and consulting services. For nonprofits, small businesses, and with experience running nonprofits and small businesses, they know that there's not always enough time at the end of the day for you to focus on your finances. Whether it's monthly bookkeeping or an annual audit, tax preparation or consulting, nonprofit or small business, Baltimore Fiscal Partners provides full range or tailored solutions that keep your goals and budget in mind. Learn more about Baltimore Fiscal Partners online at BaltimoreFiscal.com or follow them at Baltimore Fiscal on Facebook and Instagram.